This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on? This Pintar for Breakfast is brought to you by McDonald's. Open and ready to serve your favorites. Download their app today for some daily deals at participating McDonald's. The Flying Hawaiian. I'm sure he's liked McDonald's once or twice in his life. We'll talk about that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll, the World Series, maybe about being awesome in Philadelphia. Why not? Right here, Pint Off for Breakfast. In the air to left field. Going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Franzen sends everybody home! Ball there coming down! down. What up, and welcome to another episode of Pintar for Breakfast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen, and you can hit me up at, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. Ask any questions, and today, uh, a windy day here in Philadelphia, South Jersey area, but when it's windy, let's go to a windy part of the world. Okay, it's not windy, it's really hot, it's Vegas, and that is the home right now of your 2008 world champion, one of the fan favorites of of that run, number eight, the Flying Hawaiian, Shane Victorino. Dude, what's up? What up, Kev? How's everything going, man? Uh, well, it's a little windy today. I was I was saying uh, before, um, it's almost like a Hawaii-like day, very humid, very windy, um, wow. just no sun in the uh, the south jersey philly area right now so uh where you're at pretty hot i'm sure in vegas it's getting there last couple of days have touched in the upper 90s we were close to setting a record for the first time in april touching 100 degrees but unfortunately we came up just a tad bit short at a balmy 99 but yes it's definitely uh summer starting to kick in here today's a little overcast which is kind of nice but the sun i guess I can see it kind of peeking through in the house, so maybe it'll be another hot day, and hopefully we get to set a record in the state of, uh, you know, in the state of Nevada here in Las Vegas with a hundred degree uh, day. Dude, it's insane <laughs> to think that like in April, it's <laughs> April, and you know, with everything that's going on, uh, you're a guy that's very active, likes to do things and get out. And get, it's like how in the world does Shane Victorino stay busy? Yes, kids. Yes, family. I get that. But for you, like you're a golfer, uh, you, you you like to go on long walks, you know. I'm sure. Um, and and how, how is Shane Victorino staying busy? It's actually been kind of tough late at nights. You know, I've been having a lot of sleepless nights. I don't know if it's just because of the the worry about what life has presented itself sometimes. But you know, I definitely have been going on long walks. Last night, I got I went to bed about midnight, got up at three thirty in the morning, just couldn't go back to bed. Took a two three mile walk through my neighborhood. Uh, and then laid back down about 4, 4.30 and got up at 8. So, you know, it's just there's a lot of that going on. And I think I'm sure that's happening in every household. And, you know, I'm kind of explaining that way as, you know, people probably see someone like me as, oh, I should be happy and everything's great and life's so so wonderful. I mean, you're a retired Major League Baseball player, you're a stay-home dad. And, you know, hey, we, say the fa- we, we face the same struggles just like every other person, you know, that goes through life. And so, again, it's a different time for all of us. You know, a lot of sleepless nights, but during the day, you know, I definitely take a lot of walks, bike rides. Uh, you know, I'm lucky, fortunate enough to live on a golf course. So if I want to get out there and, you know, putt around or chip or do a little fun things on the golf course or take the kids on bike rides, you know, it's very, we have beautiful weather. Uh, we don't have to worry about snow and all of that kind of stuff going on here. So there's a lot of that going on. But hey, just like every other household, kids are in school and, you know, everything still revolves around their schedule. And uh, your teaching skills are? Uh, zero to none. I just, <laughs> I, I, I was told to stay out of the way. And if she needs my help as far as figuring out something te- technology wise and, or from a principal standpoint, I was called upon, but to then I go and hide out in every other crevice in the house and try to do, you know, stuff like this and enjoy myself of, you know, what is so hopefully not the new norm, but it will be possibly somewhat of the new norm. Yeah, no doubt. 
Hey, well, uh, you, you mentioned something, uh, you know, like, like the sleepless nights, the anxiety, and that, that's for one reason, right? Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I find myself thinking, you know, when you get to big games, you get to big, you know, series, big, every, anything and everything in the sports world, there's sleepless nights. There's, there's nights where you're going, oh my God, I can't fall asleep. You're excited. You're doing this. Now you're on like the other spectrum, the anxiety realm, right? Is there any parallel to it? You know, as far as your mind's always going, you're always thinking about what's ahead, but like. The sports world to this—is there any way you could par- you know put a parallel to it? Well, there's positives and negatives. You know the the and when I say that, there's still positive and negatives today. But like now, it's just those sleepless nights are more of a negative anxiety. Mm-hmm. Spinning of you know what's what's tomorrow hold? What's what's our future hold? What's life going to be like? And it's kind of that unknown, you know, the unknown. I think that's more of where you know where where when I was playing in those anxiety nights or that restless nights or sleepless nights was like you said it was enjoyment I knew I was going to go out and get an opportunity to play in a world series or play you know have have I'm one game away from being considered a world champion or even smaller than that just you know when you're in the minor leagues and just hoping that you get a chance as September calls up come around or you know an all-star pick is coming around at, at the midway point of the season so I think there's so many ways of looking. There's positives and negatives, but you know now I think it's a lot more of the. They're still positive, but the negative meanings, like you said, it's the unknown. What does tomorrow hold? What does one month from look hold for us? What does six months look for us? You know, what is really the rest of our lives? I mean, my agent and I were talking about wearing masks. When you see someone wearing a mask, what's your first thought in 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 life? If this wasn't happening, there was no pandemic going on, you'd probably be like, "Why is that person wearing a mask?" Or you see masks in movies, and it's kind of like that character. Think about it. Kev, that's going to be our everyday norm. Yeah. Like people are going to be wearing masks every single place you go. So I think that was a point that was brought up to me. It's like you start thinking about that, like how you see different perspectives of life that you never thought that you would have to think about. And when my agent said that to me, I was like, man, I never thought about that. Like you're right. When someone wears a mask, it's kind of like that. There's a role to it or it's different. But now this is going to be the norm everywhere we go. So. You know, a lot of that, and like I said, it's 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 putting it out there because people, you know, I want people to understand, like, I'm in the same boat, bro. You know, you look at me as this, you know, figure and this Philadelphia, you know, you you you, you idolize what I did and you respected yeah. what I did, but it's like, at the end of the day, bro, I go to bed, I have the same shit that goes through your head, goes through my head, you know? It's no different. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's fat, like, you bring it up and it, it's a fact, it's the truth. Like, there's no yes. one that's uh, invincible to this whole thing and the idea, the anxiety, the everything, but like, okay. When you talk about like you know what's going on now, what's going on in a month, what's going on in six months, the only thing I could think about for you, uh, in in you know from my perspective is okay, you get rule five right by the Phillies. Mm-hmm. That mentality is there. Like you don't know what's going on that day, the next day. Are you going to be shipped back? Are you going to be this? Are you going to be that? You know, like that. That's where I I find a parallel with you and this and, and this and I, and I. I apologize if it doesn't sound right on that, but I mean that's a fact. There's an anxiety. No, it is. I mean, I didn't player. know. I mean, I I knew going into a camp, I had a chance to make a big league team, but in six weeks, it, it all depends on my performance. So dang right, there was an anxiety or a you know the unknown that what is happening in six weeks. I could have gone out and had the best camp in you know in in, in camp. Doesn't necessarily mean that I was going to walk away and make that team. So there is definitely parallels, and like you said, I think it's staying mind strong. You know, mm-hmm. closing your eyes like that at the end of the night and going, bro, no, you know what? There's one person that's guiding me, honestly. And that's I, and I truly believe that because I believe in God and all that stuff. And, you know, he's the answer for me. And yes, I play a role in how I get to that that formation. But again, it's him easing my mind when I need to that mind, you know, that mindset to be eased. Because like you said, that is the lot of times why we fail at, at, at any level, whether it be Major League Baseball or just going and be a successful nurse or doctor and, you know, in anxiety in these times, it's like, if you're mind strong and you you, you, you you tell yourself that that unknown is there, but I know in my mind, I know if I work and what I'm working for is it will reach that finish line. That's that's kind of how I'm taking it now. And that's the mindset that I've always had, you know, yeah. and that's most of my career. Uh, it's crazy. I, I, I <laughs> love that because it is. I think we get we get so caught up in the past and we don't think forward. We don't think about the now more than anything and accomplishing the most uh it at, at at that time like you're a guy i've told you in face to face i mean you're a guy that i loved watching play because you loved playing and you showed that emotion and it's like you can look at this time well you love life you love the fact that you know you wake up every day and you appreciate it how about that more or less you appreciate life 
Well, Kev, okay, you know, it's a lot of that now. I mean, I'm, I'm busier now than ever. I mean, you know, <laughs> having a dad in politics and, you know, understanding the struggles of this PPE, you know, pandemic and getting, you know, equipment to medical fields. And like you said, it's just a different part of life and that I'm taking that that mindset. And, and literally, that's another thing I didn't add to my equation that I've been trying to help, you know, because I want to help back home and I give my time and my effort. And at least a lot of sleep is nice because I go to bed thinking like, man, my island is two weeks away from you know not really having anything so if this pandemic continues like my island and the people that i that are my heart and my soul could get absolutely pummeled you know yeah. because first of all we're isolated we don't we can't get a ship to say hey let's go three hours up the road and you know sit outside it's like you know we're, we're 2500 miles away and there's only one way to get there and a lot fat and a fast one and that's by a plane so a lot of that you know perspectives of life but kev fast forward to the whole scenario bro if your mind's strong I think that's the part in life is that's the playing that plays the biggest part of our, our, our roles. Let's think about it. Yeah. You know, the mental illnesses that we face and all the challenges and being cooped up in a house. And, you know, it's like I, I, I take those walks because at night I'm sitting there like my head spinning. and I'm like, do I need to go out, take a walk, take a deep of fresh air, look at the stars, look at what's happening in the, the nature of our world and say to yourself, bro, God, how lucky am I to be alive? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean it's simplifying the equation sometimes i think which we, you know we really don't do i just i was going to ask you about your dad i mean like you talk about leadership and and leading uh you know being a mayor of what is it four four pieces of the island molokai and lanai maui and those three that's those three no those three those three well kahola it's under the jurisdiction of maui county but that's a, this uh and it's an island that uh they used to use for bombing so no one lives there it's all you know, they're trying to bring it back. But he does have jurisdiction over those two, four islands. But it's Maui County, which would be Maui, Molokai, and Lanai. Like you said, it's a big responsibility. Oh, my you know? God. I, he's the leader. <laughs> yeah, he's making all decision-making. He's got, a, you know, every decision he makes, someone's life's contingent upon it. And, you know, so that's another thing is that I know my dad's up against a tough time. He didn't sign up. He signed up to help Dylan, but he didn't sign up knowing that he was going to be facing a pandemic and, and trying to find answers that's never happened to, you know, any human being yeah. around the world. You don't have a playbook. You can't go, <laughs> hey, let me go back 15 years and go, okay, let me open to page, you know, 20 and say, okay, this is how <laughs> we went about it. Like, bro, this is new to everybody. So, you know, I always said that, make the smartest decision like you taught me in life. You know, if the greater good, if the decision you make helps the greater good, yes, there's always going to be people on the other side that are going to suffer or not be happy or not, you know, going to criticize you. But if I can get the majority of people to benefit and move in the right direction, then that's all you can do. You yeah. know, you can't sway everybody. I mean, that's not life, guys. I wish life was that simple. <laughs> I think all of us do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Especially right now. But I mean, OK, yes. so one thing that, that this pandemic has done uh it's obviously put everyone shelter in place but it's put games on it's put old games on uh you reminisce you you, you see so many highlights so many you know video uh tributes or whatever to any of the phillies teams any but a lot come down to the 08 that that run during that time and, and someone keeps popping up and that's you and that's you know for for me i look at it and i'm I'm saying that you are a part and of one of the greatest runs, if not the greatest run in Philly's history. And to be a part of it, to, to, to be able to run, you know, all these things back, right. All these games, all these huge moments. And you're a part of it. What is, what, what comes to mind? Like, what is the, like one of the first things that comes to mind? Oh man. I think it's, you, you, you get chills that run through your body. Like it's just running through my body right now. Honestly, like it's just that, Kev, you were an athlete. You know, you were a baseball player. You understand I it think. to a certain perspective. Yeah. You know, like, and, and, and that's why I try to explain to people, and it's like I can tell you all day long what you, you, you what it feels like, but you'll never understand unless you have that opportunity to stand out there and to to like really. And like I said, the blood flow just went through my body. Like I just got lightheaded. I had that adrenaline rush because it never gets old, bro. To feel those kind of moments, because you know why. Think about the happiness that you had as one as a player. Mm -hmm. But think about the millions and millions of people who have ties to the city of Philadelphia for all their lives, and you get to go and celebrate with them. Like, that's, that's to me, the pinnacle. It's, it's, it's bigger than just baseball. It's the fact of, man, I brought happiness to a place that is one of the hardest cities to win fans over but we put this place up on a pedestal as 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 a city and the love and the laughter and the joy that that they bleed you know came out with us 
So it's it, it's humbling. I think more importantly, Kev, it's 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 hard to really say the words other than humbling because go down in the history is one of the greatest eras in Philadelphia Phillies, you know, baseball history. I yeah. mean, a storied franchise. Oh, but there's a reason behind it. I mean, there. It, look, I. You guys were before social media, so <laughs> I. You guys were around town. You're with fans. You're in a bar. Uh, when you guys went on the road, yeah, it was an S show. You know, for 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 some, uh, you know, people following, doing all this stuff. But it it you guys were a part of the city. You guys played the- your ass off. All well, the time, that's like the thing. all you guys, the, and it it resonated. The guys that I had, I mean, and that's the part I think that even makes it greater is the way we played the game. You know, we we, we played with heart, we played with swag, we played, but our swag was because of our heart, and we had to go about our business the way we had to go about mm-hmm. our business. We weren't showboaty. We weren't like I called. You know, hey, I always, uh, you know, one of our biggest rivals in the Mets. You know, they had some great players, and don't get me wrong, some will be Hall of Famers, but you know, all that shit that they used to do about the dugout and you know the high fives and the and like it fired us up. Like yeah. when we played, and we said like that shit's tired. Like, yeah. bro, be humble, do your shit, get back in the dugout. Like, but to sit there and I get it. You know, I'm not faulty now that I, 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 I you know, I'm on the opposite of the game and I'm a retired player. Like, bro, that's what made them go. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I can't fault them for that. If I took that, you know, if we or if they took that away from themselves, they might not have been the Mets <laughs> that that they were. So it's like you got to almost understand and evolve in the game. But to me, it's like I've always go back to the thing is we played with humbleness. We played it respect and we played it heart and passion, bro. Like those four things on a baseball field to watch every day because of the game that it is. It's a boring game, Kev. Don't get me wrong. Everybody, you know, those like sitting and watching baseball. I can promise you people are like, man, you play baseball. Yeah, I, mean, I can't sit there for four hours. I said, well, I get it. But when you sit on the field and you're, 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 you're on the field and you're making and you understand the, 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 the strategy that goes behind the game of baseball, it ain't just watching the ball come in and slap and run around like, that's maybe why you don't love the game so much because you don't understand the strategy that goes behind it. So those teams had all of those things. And I think, like you said, we were social, we were, mm. you know, we were in the community. We supported each other's. We all gave back. We had foundations with, you know, multiple, you know, players had foundations that we went and we supported each guy. Like we worked on schedules and go, okay, your foundation event this night. All right. I'm going to do mine on this night. So there was none of that. And I think that's why I said at the end of the day, if you look at the big picture, bro, Think about that. We're worrying about making sure that our foundations don't pile up on each other, hmm. not just baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that was the respect and the mutual respect we had for one another as teammates, as brothers, and basically as family. Bro, what's incredible is that uh, you weren't obligated to go. You wanted to go to each other's yes. events. And that re- that resonated. I'll, I'll be honest with you. At that time, I was with the Giants. We were hearing about that stuff. Like, you hear right. about – stuff on the field all the time, but you don't really hear, you know, team stuff off. That was like that. That was resonating through the entire major league baseball that you yeah, guys we were would close. do stuff yeah. together like that. We did. I mean, Hey, we did everything. I mean, honestly, and that's like you said, it's, and not because we were obligated to go because we yep. wanted to go yep. and support because that's, like I said, if I support you off the field, you don't think we all want to enjoy our off days, bro, with our families and our <laughs> friends. And, you know, basically we get one, two a month, bro. Let's be honest. You know, other than that, we're grinding. We're traveling. We're playing baseball. But we knew how important it was to that individual because they, we knew that they were doing it with passion. They were doing it with heart. They weren't just doing a foundation to just have it. You know what I mean? They were doing things within the community of Philadelphia or in wherever they were giving. And they made sure that they were doing it correctly. I mean, and that's what made, like you said, those teams through my years. And 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 Kev, let's not let's not forget this, bro. I went to another city, and I, I was able to play there. And the chemistry that I had in Philadelphia, I was blessed to go to Boston and have that same chemistry mm-hmm. with a bunch of players. And and like I tell people, that's why I'm lucky, bro. My career, I can honestly say, I really never had. People ask the question, who's a who, which guy or which guys people hated the most? And I said, people, you know what, bro. There ain't too many guys, at least in my career or when I, through my tenure, maybe I liked everybody, but that I could honestly look across the field and, hey, maybe on the field we were, you, you, we would talk shit and we would run each other's mouths <laughs> and we would get into it. But at the end of the day, when it was off the field and you would be walking down the hallways, you see everybody was respectful. There was never really a jackass that mm-hmm. you just went, bro, you, you're garbage. Like, I, I mean, I don't care how great you are or what shitty you are. But like, 
Come on, bro. Be personable. Maybe I, my experience was different than yours, but I don't remember that. And that's what I love, not only about my teams, about how in the era that I played in, there was no, you know, there wasn't that. It wasn't about that because the game was about respect still yet. Oh, 100%. I'm not saying that it's not right now. I'm not 100%. saying it's not, you know, but it's it's different, bro. We weren't bat flipping. We weren't carrying them down <laughs> to first base. Like, I don't know. That shit's cool if they want to think it's cool. And I respect them because they're great players. But, man, that shit's, you know, for me in our era, that wouldn't have been, you know, something that 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 would have flowed. But again, hey, every bear is different. I, I want to be a part of this era. I want to learn how yeah. you know players think now. I think it's an interesting to see where baseball is going. I I agree. I agree to an extent. I I find that um, this is not like an old man coming out, but it's just like you you come up in a way, and I can understand you know like the the old regime and and how you know pissed off they are about today's game and everything. And you you're like I get it. I get why you are because you you grind through a time. You go through it understanding a certain way. It's hard to get out of that, you know. Yes. And 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 your guys's way was uh, playing together. I think more than anything, uh, intimidating guys because you guys were enormous. And then you had Jimmy and you. Uh, you had you had this aura about you guys. Well, it's hard to get out of that. And and how you guys played. And so I understand when people go. I, I don't like today's game because of this and that, but I can, you know, if I got the opportunity to try and learn about it. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not the same. It isn't the same. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, the, the, let's be honest, Kev, the game itself. Okay. And when I say the game itself, there's rules, there's things that have been implemented that have been taken away from the players. And let's be honest, you played in San Fran. Buster Poe is one of the baddest dudes on the planet. I get it. If it was Joe Schmo, donkey honk, backup catcher that got run over at the home plate, and blew his knee up, that game would still, that would probably still be part of our game. Wait, wait, wait. hang on a second here, because I, I, I've, you know, I was working in the Bay Area at the time, uh, I think, was I? No. I don't, I can't remember I was playing. I was playing. I just know. Yeah, I was playing. still playing. And I was getting pissed because Scott Cousins, who at the time was like the 24th, 25th man on the (laughs) roster, so I can, I can understand (laughs) that. The Marlins at that point were leading the division. Okay, it was like what early May or mid May when this thing mm-hmm. happened. Yes, he was. The Marlins were actually leading the division at that time, and you're going to tell me the 24th or 25th man, if that opportunity came and he tried to slide and got tagged out, and knowing that that you know being able to take over the catcher, you know, take out the catcher, uh, was a part of it. He would be sent down. He you might never see him again. Like that that's an honest to God truth. So I put myself in his shoes. I'm going, what did he do wrong? Right. What did he but do wrong? Again, well, he didn't do anything wrong because that was what was at the time. That was fucking rules. And I, I cha- sorry about my language, but it changed the rule <laughs> and it changed the formulation. And not only that, that's one part. Let's go to second base oh. in 16 where they're implementing that rule because of Chase Ali and the way he played the game could have broke his leg just as much as he, you know, he took out um, oh. And Rubin has seen it plenty of times. He knew get and, the and, hell out of the way. What the hell are yes. you doing? And so my point of the matter is, so what I fast forward into today's game, there's implements and parts of the game that have been taken away from these players to show their passion, to show their heart. Because I, I had a conversation in spring training with some of the guys when I was there in Philly, not this spring training, but the year before. And I was talking about that. And they basically said, Shane, I'd love to take out a kicker. Shane, I'd love to go up the middle and, and, and take out a, a guy up the middle. But it, And that's when I said to myself, okay, Wow, I've learned something. That part of the game hasn't changed in the players. Mm-hmm. The game itself has changed the players and how they go about the way they're – if you know that you can't take somebody out a second, what are you going to do, bro? Yeah. You're going to sprint as hard as you can. As soon as you're out, you're going to either dive out of the way or you're going to slide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like ours, I knew that for, I'm just going to keep running. I don't care if you have the ball in your hands. Like I was going to try and like, hey, I might get hit in the face, but I'm also not going to – You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make dumb either, so I'm probably going to get out of the way. But my point is, all the way up to that point, till the ball was basically past my head, I felt like I had a chance to change the game. Yep. Where well, they that, don't have that, that. That's the thing. And so, and the implementing of the game. So that's why I'm saying I've learned a lot in that regard. And just a quick spring training is that the game of the player still wants to be a part of what we did back in our day, which was exciting to me. And I had the conversation with Joe Torrey in 16. I said, in spring training, I said, oh, Garagiola. I said, Joe, what are we doing here? Well, it's about the safety. It's about that. I said, well, you're taking the heart from a guy who's 5'9 and 180 pounds, 190 pounds, that that's my game, bro. So you're taking a paycheck. You're taking my paycheck away because some guy who down the road will play like me 
is going to he can play like me and not going to get paid because he's not going to hit 40 homers. He's not going to go to hit 330. He's a, you know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. that, that, that middle tier player that's a badass but makes the team go. And mm-hmm. that was the part where I said to myself, the game has changed, Kev. And that's it's hard because the players don't know. They're brought up one way and they're learning the rules of today's game. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know? Hey, Shane, stay with me real quick. We got a uh, quick little uh, commercial break. We'll be right back with Shane Victorino right here on Pine Tar for breakfast. We'll be taking your order in the drive-thru at this time because the safety of our communities and people is our top priority. So if you'd like an Egg McMuffin for breakfast or some fries right now, just because, we'll be here to take your order. Welcome back to Pine Tar for breakfast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen. I'm still with Shane Victorino. You know, the last dance going on with the Jordan era and uh, those teams and and you bring up you know the last episodes spoiler alert for all those that have not watched but they talk about the Pistons and, and Jordan's drive to beat him after getting his ass kicked you know a bunch and you bring up a rivalry in that time with the Mets and I'm gonna say we haven't seen pretty much other than you know the Yankees and, and Red Sox I mean the Giants and Dodgers series aren't like that anymore but you guys in the Mets, those series were unbelievable. There was trash talking. There was a lot of, you know, there was, I mean, unbelievable talent. Can you go back on that time and 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 almost relive those moments? Not, I'm not saying bring them up right now, but like, are those like those still last? Oh man, I, I mean, let's be honest. Let's, uh, you know, when I got there as a Rule Five kid, uh, you know, in 05 September, uh, the Mets were still, you know, they were the perennial, and uh, not until we dethroned them in seven. But, you know, I remember early in my career, I think maybe like, maybe I think it was like six, uh, you know, we're still in contention. Yeah. We were at home all series and we weren't selling out, in, in, you know, at, at Citizens Bank back then. So New York was right up the street. So I just remember every night going against the Mets and looking at all these black shirts, basically filling up Citizens Bank Park and a bunch of Mets fans talking shit the whole time. And I'm just like, bro, this, this is my home park. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. But I said, you know what? I know how we're going to change this. We got to win. Let's change our ways. Let's win. Let's fill this place out. And, bro, what I'm trying to say is that was one tangible. It went from being black to being red and very red for a long time, very fast. And so not even that, but I remember the other parts even during games. Now, that was just pregame. Now, during game, I remember just watching literally third deck, upper deck, just black shirts, red shirts, just straight slugs fast. And I'm sitting there on the field center field going, bro, somebody's going to go over this, this third deck and go down to the second deck. And I'm just like, this what is people doing? This ain't worth it, bro. You you fighting for what reason? Like, bro, you're slugfesting right now in the upper deck for what reason? But that was the heart and the passion. So you don't think I sat in center field and felt that and looked up there and go, bro, look at the what the red is doing to the black because the red and black have so much pride for one another. So how do I get the red and fill this place with red? So now we can just say, you know what, bro, we're here. And yeah. we were able to do it, and we won. So, like, those kind of things back in the day, the rivalry, having, you know, dudes at shortstop telling me I'm giving signs to freaking J-Row and all that, and I'm looking back going, no, just because we're kicking your ass. And, you know, I'm, I'm whispering that, that, that kind of a secret because they're the same-ass dudes that got busted now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you, you, you were chirping at me about cheating and our team about cheating where you make us turn our freaking bullpen upside down because we were cheating and we had cameras helping us at home. Like, Kev, shit like that, bro. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's oh, yeah. how deep this rivalry was. It wasn't just on the field in New York and Philadelphia. It was like, it was to the point where people were saying because we were on our uproar and we were about to take them down that they started to think that we were cheating, bro. And it is sad. As I said, fast forward to who the ones cheating. You know, it wasn't me. <laughs> so why are you now, why were you calling me out? Because you were probably doing it yourself. But shit like that. You know, it really goes back to that kind of stuff and it fires me up because I was blessed to play in not only that rivalry in New York, I, and, I was and about to ask you. and in Boston and, and and New York, bro. I mean, it's, and, and, <laughs> you, and for a little bit of time, you uh, did have Giants Dodgers rivalry. You had three, I think, I, I, at that time, the biggest 12, rivalries. Yeah. Twelve, we were still in contention against yeah. against the uh, the last series going into the season against Central, against you guys. Were you there in twelve? No, remember I was with you and uh, before you, you got traded. Right. You were, that's right, before I got traded. That's right, you were with us already, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, twelve. I, I remember going to. I got traded there. Uh, traded there and uh and i just remember going man this is a pretty cool rivalry i mean i've heard about it but i've never experienced it as a player and i got to experience it down the stretch and 
obviously, you know, the Giants were, you know, the powerhouse then, and they, were, you know, went on to win the World Series. But dude, it's it, it's nuts because you get to you get to have those three. I mean, look, the only other one that you could add in there would be uh, the Cubs and Cardinals, but that's like, eh, that's I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a rivalry, not, it's not bro. As it really is. No, it's yeah, it's a different. It's a the it's three a rivalry rivalries we're talking about. History. I think are the most intense that we've seen in recent years. The intensity part. That's that's what yeah. I would say. But because no, it, 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 see, a lot of the rivalry stuff goes with fans, right? Those times, yes. those yes. three, those you know, uh, three separate rivalry series were on the on the field as well. That's mm-hmm. the difference with them. Correct. And it was not just off. It was on. Yeah. And I got to experience all three of them. Um, they're, they're, oh God. I, I just, because I could go on. I know you love Jordan and, and, and all that stuff, but you know, re- seeing all that stuff and hearing his mentality. Uh, I, I couldn't even just say it was chase. Cause I felt like there were so many of you guys that had that mentality together. Well, I mean, that's you what know? made us all go. I mean, but you know, don't don't fall short of certain individuals definitely being our leaders. You know, we were oh, our yeah. own no, leaders. No, 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 no. But that. I'm saying, like, you guys but shared Chase, you shared a passion you know, to win. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, Chase, you know, I always said it this way, Kev. If you go out every day and you see your guys in front of you or guys around you just straight grinding and wanting to be the baddest dudes on the planet, how does that not naturally motivate you? You want to be the guy sitting in the corner while you're all your, you know, those dudes that are perennial all-stars and MVPs, you know, taking early work at freaking 12 o'clock on the road. You know, taking ground balls. I'm like, bro, you're an MVP. You should be sitting inside relaxing today. <laughs> but that's just not what those guys were, bro. There's, the grind was real, and we were we were in the grind, and the grind was what we were all about. And that's the part. That's the part came about today's game. That was what was different to me towards the end of my career. Uh, the grind was different. You bro, know, I've seen, I, I I've was seen going more to spring rookies training. take the last bus than anything. Bro, bro. You know, guys <laughs> leaving at 10 o'clock from spring training. Like, bro, you just showed up at 8. Like, you pack it up at 10 o'clock? You don't even got a day in the big league, son. Yeah. What is going on here? I'm not confused with the, the, the scenario that's at hand. But nobody was patrolling it. And I didn't want to be that old veteran player. I mean, I made it known sometimes. But I also was in a place, you know, that I, some places that it wasn't – I was new or I was, you know, I was, I, I, I was the veteran, but I still – it wasn't my clubhouse or it wasn't a clubhouse that I was, you know, meshed in with yet. So it's those parts of the game that I said. The game's going to evolve. The game's going to move forward. Guys like Jordan, guys like that, when you look at the greatest and you got to see why they did when why they became the greatest, Jordan didn't show up because he was just the greatest as a, as a player. He was the greatest because he put in his heart and his soul and he put everything into it to become the greatest. The guy got cut from his high school basketball team, bro. So people tell me at eight, nine years old, their, baseball, their kid's going to be the next Major League Baseball player. Bro, the greatest basketball player got cut his high school team. Did it shut him down from being the greatest ever? No, so it don't matter where along the line it doesn't happen for you, bro. If in your heart you think you're that good, well, just hope for another chance. Give me yeah. another chance. Give and me another chance. It was only chance. the varsity team. So, yes. I mean, well, like, well, let's be honest here. It was only the varsity team. <laughs> it's crazy, though. But, you know, perspectives don't happen like that. Kev, those things aren't shown in today's world, bro. Today's kids watch the everything smiley. Everything is high five. Everything is the, you know, the highlight reel. And that's what I'm going to go do at practice. Like I tell my son's team, I was like, kids. You might make one highlight reel, but you better make a thousand routine plays. Yep. Because you're gonna get a thousand routine plays versus your one highlight reel that goes on ESPN and what you guys get to see at night. So stop trying to make the showboat play. Let's make the routine play, and we're gonna win baseball that way. We're gonna become better, and we're gonna love the game that much more because you know why? You're playing the game correctly, not making the one highlight reel and then missing the four balls that come right at you. <laughs> you got it ass backwards, right? There's no fun, kid. Yeah. But that's the part. It's like it's hard. You're trying to change a mentality, Kev, that has happened over the years and the evolving of, you know, the what I call the participation trophy and kids get everything. They got to get rewarded. Like, bro, it's okay to be part of a team. It's a part. It's okay to go out and not get a trophy and say to yourself, hey, guys, you know what? Next year we're going to come out that much better. How hard do you want to go home and work? Because next year you want to be get that trophy. Well, let's go work. You know, you got to do it on your own time, not just when you're with coach or you know, playing the game or whatever sport you're in. So that's the part I think I'm trying to figure out. And I think that's in life in general, though, not just sports, Kev. I think the motivation of grinding and the work ethic, I think, has has come far, in, you know, in the evolution of technology and making things easier. Look at where we're at now. Yeah, We can get on. We don't have to go to work. We can do a Zoom call yeah. and be just as successful. So, you know, where are we going as a whole? I'm not complaining. I'm happy in life. But it's hard for me to evolve because why I got to my pinnacle 
was hard work, work ethic, and that was it. Yeah. Like, and hard. There wasn't something that was handed to me on a silver dish and said, here, Shane, go ahead. So it's all a part of life. I think it's, it's like you said, we move forward to where we are now and, you know, face our challenges and try to be the best you, bro. That's all you can do. <laughs> yeah, no. And what's crazy is you bring up the, you know, leaving a 10 uh, a.m. in spring training. And I just laugh. It's like, it's not about the, the eyewash of being there. And it's, it's being productive throughout your days. I remember a certain uh, player um, that I played with in Philadelphia that would show up at, at noon and not do anything like literally sit in his locker, but he was there and that mattered, you know, to him. He was like, I was, I'm here early and all this stuff. It's like to a, a, a prominent player. So what the hell are you doing? Like, let's get working. Let's get moving. Like, here's the thing. When you bring that up, I, I look at you guys. I look at just myself and the way I, I, I love the game. I loved being at the field. It wasn't like anything other than like, why would I want to leave early? Like there was no no incentive to leave early, no incentive to stay late. It was the fact that you the, the incentive was because you have a passion for the game. I can tell you one thing. It's called technology, my friend. Oh. Plain and simple. You know, guys have Fortnites in their lockers and they're playing all that and video games and you know, and that's and, and again, I'm not saying I'm not knocking today's generation. I'm just giving a real perspective. Like we didn't have that, Kev. We didn't mm-hmm. have we had councils, but it wasn't an implemented part of our game at the time. It wasn't so, you know, a lot of us weren't readily and wanting to do that yet. Don't get me wrong. Guys had it in their rooms and all that stuff. But the incorporation of having it in the clubhouse and having it as part of your daily routine, when, you know, my whole thing is showing up at 12 o'clock. You know, I love showing up at 12 o'clock. If I did nothing, I can listen to conversations. I can listen to what my teammate and what he might have faced at home before he came here. Wow. And be an ear for him to, you know, like, bro, I just argued with my wife and I'm set and, I'm like, bro, you got to relax. And, hey, don't get me wrong. Some of them were doing the same thing for me. I'm not saying I was any different. But that's bigger than just showing up at 12 o'clock, bro, to get the energy of what's walking in the clubhouse. Like, man, okay, Doc's not smiling today or that guy's not, you know, like, like, okay, man, what's going on here? We got to, you know, we got to synergize because we're going to go out and play another game tonight and we got to be in sync. Like, shit like that, kid. That's what I thought about when going there at 12 o'clock. Yes, I was grinding and doing my thing, but I also wanted to be in the clubhouse to listen to conversation what guys were talking about in the situation maybe last night in the game and what I thought about happened and we could conversate. If you ain't in the room and you're at your house, how are you going to do that, bro? Yeah. How do you expect to get better? And I think that's the part of not saying that it's eyewash to sit there and you don't need to be there all day long. But again, how many conversations are you going to have about the game of baseball 24-7 if you're in your house or if you're away from the game and you're not there to listen in the clubhouse when maybe Charlie Manuel manager walks in has just something to blow off his – off his chest, and next thing you know, you start talking about the game and our, our, damn, our you Shane. know, our forecast. Yeah, God damn, son, what are you doing here so early? What are you doing here so early, Chuck? <laughs> well, same shit. I'm not doing nothing. No, are you? But my point of the matter is, again, I'm having a conversation with my manager. I'm getting, I'm getting that kind of, and I think that's the part is that's for me why I wanted to show up early was yeah, I wanted to grind and do my thing, but I also wanted to know what the hell was going on with the 24 other dudes that day that was coming in there and how you know, hey, I might be somewhat of a help or hey i might be having a shitty day so i need a voice to hear yeah. other than you know my wife or my kids or my agent my parents like hey i just want to talk real bro you live in my life like i want to be real with you let's you know this is what i'm facing right now well, okay bro like whatever this is what it is so i think that's the part kev where i look at that part of the 10 o'clock and getting out of there and leaving and it's like bro you're missing the integral parts of how someone becomes a two-time world champion, a two-time all-star, a four-go time. You know, it's not because I just showed up, bro. It's because I took that in-depth conversation that that veteran was having when I was a rookie and going, bro, I'm in this now t- five years later. I'm living what you're saying. Thank you, bro, for your advice. And you well, you didn't give me advice. You were just having a conversation. I was a sponge listening in. Yeah. You know, I'm not going out to repeat it, but my point is I was a sponge. And when my life experience came about, I had an answer, bro, because I was in the locker room, because I was willing to listen, willing to take and conversate. So I think that's the part, Kev, with that. It's that's where I was having a problem about dudes getting out of here. How am I gonna talk to you as a veteran <laughs> player about you know what 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 it's like to play in you two just world might be missing and something. You know, like that's that's what I'm saying. It's like maybe you don't want to learn, maybe you think you're that good. And I was there, I get it. But believe me, I was still sponging stuff. I might have acted like I had all the answers, but I was a sponge. So that was the part for me about, again, going back to the 10 a.m. with people getting out of there. It's like, bro, you're missing the game of baseball from a conversation, from a, you know, from a standpoint of education, of what 
it takes to play at the highest level. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I, I just look, you, we could talk about this all day because the, the, the mentality of, of certain individuals, you just like you, you question because you're going like, do you love this game? Do you not? Whatever. But whatever. That wasn't like what we were experiencing. We experienced people that wanted to be at the field all day. Like that, that was fun. Like I, I couldn't imagine anything different. I, I loved getting to the yard every day to do my work to get, you know, for, for me to get done before all the, the regulars. Um, that's why I got there early. I didn't want to be in the way, even though Jimmy would tell me, be like, bro, or wait, sorry. It'd be, bro, you don't need to show up. Like you don't have to get, you're, you're part of us and all this stuff. I'm yeah. like, yeah, but I am a piece of this. You guys are the main parts of this that I want to stay out of the way and make sure your guys' routine was – but that's how I, – I was there early enough to recognize that, right? Like, that was part of the thing. Well, and then he recognized it as a veteran player too. You know, he made you feel welcome. And that's the part. Again, if you ain't there, a lot of times – and Jimmy was different, though, Kev. Let's be honest. Jimmy's program was showing up at 3.59 for a 4 o'clock stretch. But, but walk, he was working at home. He was re- but he was, and that's what I tell people. But the perception was that he showed up and did his thing. You know what? Jimmy did his stuff on his own. But again, like I told you, if that was how what made Jimmy roll at showing up at 359 and being able to put his clothes on in his whole pool uniform in one minute and Superman up, <laughs> and come out there at four o'clock and be ready for stretch and everybody going, bro, what the heck? How does he do this every day? And roll out and be an MVP and a, and a perennial all-star and a badass, one of the best shortstops to ever play the game. Hey. That was J-Rose's gig. So yeah. we're not going to mess that. We're not going to mold that. But my point of the matter is you ain't questioning him when he walks on the field. So that was the part is there is that, that level. And, you know, Kev, it's whether you show up at noon, whether you show up at four, whether you show up at game time. My whole thing is, bro, as long as you're ready, when that bell rings for all of us to pull the same weight, then, then I'm cool with that. But if it ain't and it doesn't happen, then you got to make a change. And that was the part I felt like was hard towards the end because – the change was not there because that was their normal, you know, like getting their work in, getting their, their two hours of work in because it, you know, their work was done and I was gone and they were gone. And I was just like, move. So I, you know, I, I, as I said, that was my last kind of hiatus to the game and understanding it. And, you know, I don't know if I'll ever insert myself as much as I did when I played to the game of baseball, but, you know, and being in it and on an everyday basis to view where it's at and see where it's come. But, you know, my last experience was an experience where I was like, hmm, this is a little bothersome for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's a change. Because it was, my, like I said, my experience and why I would be able to achieve what I achieve is because I was there yeah. listening, learning, yeah. not getting out of there at 10 o'clock because, because well, what the fuck am I going to do? Go play Fortnite or go home and play video games? <laughs> like, I want to sit there for four hours and watch the veteran player bang and do his work and like, bro, how do I, okay, hey, by the way, J. Rowe, you mind if I get in this group, or do you mind if I like work with you? Oh yeah, little bro. Next thing yeah. you know, it for seven, eight years, that's your routine at twelve. You know, at every day before, you know, after BP, before a game, or you know, pregame for us on the road, like that became a brother, like a time for us to spend and get better and make each other better. So if you're gone from the game, it's not accessible, bro. You're not gonna get better, in my opinion. I don't care how great you are because you're not learning the experience. You know what I mean? Like the, the conversation about what baseball is and the integral parts that go into the game. Physical is one part. Kev, you played it, you know, shit to win. It's you got to have a whole different, you know, outlook other than cheating. No, I'm just kidding. I had to throw that in there. Had a little fun with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Uh, uh, do you want to play the game? What game? What we got? It's called waffle or not. Okay. Let's see if I'm going to waffle. Okay, so either you waffled the, this pitcher I, I, I put up, or you didn't. I mean, it's a, it's really cut and dry. Sounds and I get to, to determine if you. you waffled him. Go ahead. Annabelle Sanchez. Waffled. No, 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 he waffled you. He did. No, he did stuck it up to me because you, you, I, yeah. I got to tell you this story. I went in, I, If you remember correct, in the playoffs in 13, yep. I was hitting solely right-handed. Yep. And we sucked so bad against him. I flipped over to the left side, and I still suck. But it screwed him all up in the playoffs because he's like, oh, my God, you're hitting left-handed all of a sudden because I faced you for 100 times. And, yes, I don't think I hit a ball on the damn infield off of uh, Anibal Sanchez. No, it was a 556 OPS, but you did shoot him once. Uh, yeah, once. And uh, that was 08. 50, 60 at-bats. That ahead, was 08. Yeah, that was, your most at-bats you had was against him. Uh, Lincecum. Waffled. 
Um, I'm going to go That's with, okay, so early, you, had a, guess, you had a 688 OPS against, but you did waffle him because I'm going to say this. I was with him for his three or four starts that he had in AAA. I got sent down for like two weeks uh, in 07. We came up on the same day, played Sunday night baseball against the Shot Phillies. And Dumbass threw a curveball. Oh two. Oh two in the first inning. I'm playing third base. I all I've seen is check swings. I saw one guy hit him hard the entire time. And then he gets shot. And who was it by? Yeah, Bugger's yeah, throwing 9999. I think he threw a curveball like a dummy. Oh two. Oh two trying to bounce it. Oh my Just god. Just blew 99 and 99 by me. And like it was nothing, bro. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love hey, it. It happens, bro. Execute off of their mistake. That's the only way you succeed. I mean, it, uh, look, the, the the vibe had changed around everyone, you know, in, in San Francisco when, when he came. But he was facing you guys, and you guys were not in the middle of the run yet. You guys were just like – you guys had the team. You guys were just feeling out each other in, in, in general. But, like, it was a group of monsters. <laughs> and the next thing you know, like, he got shot. <laughs> So, but then from then on, he shoved it up our office. Yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. I just remember going from, from zero to 100 real quick with him. And it was like, damn. How is Timmy, by the way? man? Have you uh, Timmy's to him good. I, 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 I saw him uh, not too long ago. Um, and I talked to him not too long ago. Um, he's not bored. Let's just say that. Uh, Where's he at? Upper Washington? Still, oh, yeah. Still, is that where? yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I get it. I know. Oh, yeah. So for sure, uh, maybe you can connect us after this is all. Absolutely, said, no, maybe, in the, uh, sure. maybe in the maybe in the in yeah. the forest you guys can meet, huh? Yee, sounds Yee. good to me, brother. Absolutely. All right. Uh, ooh, I love this one. Tim Hudson waffled his ass. Nine forty OPS, three bombs. Yes, you did waffle him. Uh, Derek Lowe stunk. Yeah, I yeah, hated he his did sinker. stink. But a lot oh. of people at, at at that time stunk against him. Oh, he was filthy. That yeah. bowling ball he was throwing was. Ugh. And I'm trying to think. I think it was. It's it's vice versa on on this. It could be Chase or or Ryan. So Ryan owned him or Chase owned him, and the other didn't. Like the other got Ryan absolute, owned him. Ryan owned him. Chase got Ryan, dominated by him. Bro, because he was throwing that stupid sinker ball, and we were all just we were just waffle up there in the bat, and then for Ryan, Ryan had that long ass bat. Ryan yeah. would lift up the left. <laughs> Ryan would just waffle him to left center all the day long. He would try to throw that backdoor curveball or that sinker down in the way, and Ryan would just go whoop. He waffled Derek Lowe. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Uh. David Price. I waffled him. Uh, two fifty eight. No. I felt like I he did. had a six fifty eight OPS against. I'm gonna go. He waffled you, but you did shoot him. You did shoot him. Sh- Only once though. That's all right. You you shot him. It was a change up in Tampa, so they, I always felt like I felt good against him though. That was weird. Yeah. So that's the shitty. So that's the shitty part. Statistics says one way, but when I got in the box against David Price, and of course because I was hitting right handed, I was beyond confident. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I always felt like I had success, but numbers show differently. It's weird. Jonathan Sanchez. Sanchez, I thought that's a that's a I, I'm kind of confused on that one. I know he loved his heater, so I must have loved him. I don't know if you did or not, but 1160 OPS says you did. You waffled his ass. See, I, 10 yeah, for I love, 22 loved, off of him. He loved his heater, bro. He loved <laughs> he loved trying to throw that heater crossfire. Oh, so, 10 right, right for 22. <laughs> I would bring up Correa, but you shot him once. You had an 11.50 OPS, and I remember you hit one in 07 against him, and it got really loud. I think it was a walk-off against him. Who was that, Kevin Correa? Yeah. That was early in my career. That was yeah. like 06. That yeah, was, that was, was a 06. That's Shane right. That was, that was a series that uh, made me yeah. fall in love with the, the city of Philadelphia. Um, coming in with Bonds to the stadium, it, it became my number one stadium of all time because of Bro. just the way the fans were to him. Were you, that, were you there that day he hit that ball for John Lee? Okay, so the, the one that went over the McDonald's sign is still the farthest ball. I've, I was going to ask you, is that the farthest ball you ever seen hit? Oh, bro, hands out. Bro, and it, the reason it's still why my it was favorite. Because it was still climbing. It was like, still climbing. It wasn't climbing. coming down, bro. It was, it was still going uphill. And, like, Howard hit one up there that went above and sat up in the seats. But, like I told everybody with Ryan, Ryan's went up and came down. Like, yep. Bonds was still taking off. Yep. Like if that's if that McDonald's sign wasn't there, that thing would have gone probably another hundred feet out. I mean, I, I don't I'm know. surprised was, it didn't break. That was a joke, bro. That was that, <laughs> that's, that's what still, I was like. I'm glad you brought hey, that. Yeah, thank Barry you. Barry Bonds is different. Yeah, in that Philadelphia. Was just fun. 
and he shot everybody up too when he hit that thing because he hit it so far. Uh, but that that crowd that <laughs> night was, or the, oh. that series made me love the city, and that's where was that the literally sign? it started. Is that, is that the one that had the sign that ran all across left field? Yep. And then they had the oh. syringe, the giant yeah, syringe the, the that, beers, that basically went the same. Oh, it was so oh, good. Did it on beer or something like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, last one uh, before I let you go. Yes. CC Sabathia. Ooh, you know what's funny? I, I owned him once. Well, I'll say once I hit the grand slam, I got I, I I had him. But up to that point, I felt like when I faced him when he was in maybe like Cleveland, I think we faced a couple times. I was like, I don't want want to face this dude, bro. And then obviously it hit the grand slam, and from then on, my confidence definitely went up on him. <laughs> yeah, you were over three in 07. Yeah. and then you yeah. went three for four in oh nine. Uh. And then you add in the 08 postseason, you're two for three, you're one for six in the 09 postseason. I guess it does not matter because you shot him and you waffled his ass because you had a 1065 against the great Bay Area native, CC Sabathia. Yeah, bro. That dude was a monster. Oh, but again, so like good. I said, one little thing, one little pitch, one little hit can change how a, a batter and a hitter faces each other. This guy's gonna be a Hall of Famer, brother. <laughs> no doubt. But to say that I, you know, I went in comfortably against someone like that, it's it's that's what I tell people. It's the part of the game that you, you know, the the natural human being, the father at home that you know, or the the coach everywhere in the world just doesn't understand, bro. There's such a mental side to the game and how you use mental psychology to to again make and break, you know, your careers. Well, for sure. It's not about wins and losses, bro. <laughs> yeah, but it is at the end of the day because you won and people still love you. No, I appreciate that, Shane. Jeff. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, bro. Breakfast. Anytime, my friend. All right, dude. What? Well, Take care. Till next time. Yes, sir. All right. Mahalo. Nothing better than getting a mahalo from Shane Victorino. I appreciate him coming on Pine Tar for breakfast at Kevin Franzen. And the Flying Hawaiian was sensational, as he always is. And just a reminder, this pine tar for breakfast was brought to you by McDonald's. Open and ready to serve your favorites whenever you're ready. Swing by their drive through at participating McDonald's. Send me a tweet. Let's get going. Let's get some action going on this thing. At Kevin Franzen on Twitter, at Phillies. They'll send me the questions if you need. Until then, until next time, peace. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.